0: Two teams that came into the season with high expectations and have not lived up to those TCU and Texas Tech. They're scoring off on Thursday, both teams coming off a of bye week. We'll talk about what it means for the Frogs uh, and how to slow down this Texas Tech team. We'll do that next here on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, On Horn Frogs, your team every day. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also find us wherever it is you get your podcast, and it's audio variety, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those different things. It's game week again, just coming off that bye week for TCU, and it's not really a short week. The team plays on Thursday night when they take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Lubbock, and this is an important football game, right? I mean, there's the obvious uh, reason why it's important. You've got four wins. you got to get two more to get to bowl eligibility. And the bottom line is uh, Texas Tech on the road and the Baylor at home are the two games where you feel best about winning. Uh, TCU is an underdog by the the betting odds right now. I believe it opened as Tech is two and a half point favorites there on FanDuel and Caesar Sportsbooks and others. Um, and so basically a pick'em game, you know, college football sportsbooks or sportsbooks love in college football they love home teams. Generally, if there's – any similarity or if it's close, they're going to give the edge to the home team. It's just a matter of how much that point spread is going to be. Um, so TCU a slight underdog from a betting perspective in this football game, but you need to win this one and the game against Baylor. And those are your best chances to make a bowl game. You can still do it if you beat Texas or Oklahoma, but I just don't feel great about that at the moment. I know Oklahoma looks more vulnerable. They just lost Kansas. That defense seems to have come back down to earth in a big way after starting the season really well. And uh, I think Dylan Gabriel and offense struggle with consistency throwing the football, but I just don't feel like TCU is good enough up front on both sides of the ball right now to beat either of those teams. I would love to be wrong about that. We'll see what happens. Um, but the postseason implications here are very obvious and they're big for this team. I also just feel like, you know, Texas Tech's one of those schools. They're going to stay in the big 12 with you. You're recruiting against them on a consistent basis. Uh, this has not been the season they expected. They had a lot of returning production and thought they'd be better than this. They're three and five at the moment. However, Joey McGuire is in a really good job recruiting, and it makes sense. I mean, part of it is he has extensive connections in the Texas high school football world. He was a longtime coach at Cedar Hill. He knows those coaches. Uh, he did a nice job at Baylor when he was assistant under Matt Rule and Dave Miranda, and then he parlayed that into the job at Texas Tech. And he's done a nice job recruiting. I mean, the the crown jewel this class, Micah Hudson, who they have committed, the five star wide receiver from Belton, who plays at Lake Belton High School, and they got you know they evaluated him early, um, really recruited him hard, and were able to get him to at least commit to the Red Raiders as signing day approaches here in a few months. And so that was a big deal. And um, they have a what appears to be from the outside a pretty robust NIL. Um, Budget the Maddoor Club and big donors that are trying to funnel money um, specifically to the football and basketball programs, and so I, I think it's just important. You've won four in a row against Texas Tech, and they're even with the rough season they're having. I think there's a lot of excitement and optimism around that program and the direction it's moving. Tech fans might disagree with me at the moment. I don't know. I haven't really had a chance to like kind of take the pulse of how they're feeling about this season. If they think it's Joey's fault or if they just feel like it's again. You know, a lot of injuries that have led to an underachieving year, but there's excitement and optimism around that program. And so you want to hold that advantage to at least go to players and say, hey, I know there's a lot. There's a lot of enticing things there. But bottom line is we've beaten them five years in a row. Um, And that means something. I think when you're talking to recruits, whether it's in the transfer portal or in the high school ranks, and you're trying to get them to come to school and play ball at TCU. Uh, also, it's the cool. Like I think it's one of the coolest rivalry trophies in sports. The Battle for the Saddle is awesome. I know it's it's sort of underrated, um, and it's funny that it's technically like the Battle for West Texas because I don't really feel like anybody considers Fort Worth, West Texas anymore. Uh, but the rivalry trophy is awesome, and I, I'm glad that PC has been able to, you know, keep that um, at home in Fort Worth the last few years, and you hope that can continue. But Thursday night in Lubbock, even with a rough season, I expect a big-time atmosphere. So what do we expect from Texas Tech? Because we spent all week really talking about this team, this TCU team, where they're at, they're you know having issues, what's, what's the effort been like, what are some of the problems. Now you get another opponent, you get a chance to go win on the road, which would be significant. And honestly, like this starts and ends for Texas Tech, in my opinion, with Todd Brooks. He has been their most consistent player, the running back, eight hundred and 91 yards on the season, about five and a half yards per carry, uh, six touchdowns. The senior from Manor, Texas, he has uh, carried the load for this football team and done a really nice job running the football. And I think Tech's at their best when they're running the ball. They don't have uh, a great offensive line from a pass protection standpoint, but they've been able to move people in the running game. Last week against – or a couple weeks ago against BYU, they did lose that game 27-14. to 14, But he had 31 carries, 105 yards and a touchdown against Kansas State, 17 carries for 98 yards and a touchdown, went for 170 against Baylor, 149 against West Virginia, 158 against Tarleton, Um, averaged eight and a half yards per carry against Tarleton, six yards per carry against West Virginia, actually averaged 10 yards a carry against Oregon, um, but only had seven carries in the game. I can't remember if he got banged up or if they sort of had to get away from the running game because they were behind in that football game, but Todd Brooks is the engine – that makes this Tech offense go um, already approaching almost 1,000 yards. And they have some good receivers. Uh, you know, Miles Price comes back after having a big year last year. Um, Xavier White is a big physical wideout who's got 317 yards receiving um, on the year. Uh, Price has four touchdowns. But overall, like, I think this offense is at its best when they're running the ball. Now, the, the good thing about it, or at least from an opponent's perspective, I guess, one thing to note is that Zach Keatley, the um, tech offensive coordinator who was widely regarded when he was hired. Um, he was at Houston Baptist, and then I believe was at Western Kentucky, and then tech hired him when, when Joey came over here. Um, he will get pass happy at times, and so he'll kind of get away from that run game. Now, they did a nice job of running football against BYU or at least committing to it. They just couldn't score um, when they got in scoring territory, territory and had some turnovers. And the quarterback situation, so Tyler Shuck went down, and that West Virginia game with a broken leg. Uh, Baron Morton came in, and he started a few games, and he injured his shoulder against Kansas State. And so Jake Strong has been their quarterback for the last two weeks. But Joe McGuire said <clears throat> earlier uh, this weekend that – or maybe it was late last week that Morton has been practicing, that he's pretty much back to full strength. So I would expect Morton to start his stat line so far this season. Uh, 68 completion, 119 attempts. 696 yards passing, eight touchdowns, two interceptions. He's done a pretty good job of protecting the football. You know, Jake Strong, the true freshman who was coming into play, there was some arm talent there, but he threw six interceptions. Um, You could just tell learning the offense on the fly. He was having trouble protecting the football. Morton does a better job of that. Um, I think he's been pretty solid when he's been in the football game. He came in against West Virginia, and his stat line was was not very good in that ball game, but – West Virginia has a good defense. Also, you're coming in the middle of a game. That's always a tough task. They lost that game 20 to 13, and he was 13 to 37 passing the football. But against Houston, he was 14 to 22 for 161 yards in that victory. Against Baylor, he was 19 to 26 for 180, and they won that game by a large margin. Now, I understand that Baylor and Houston are two of the worst teams in the Big 12, but I mean, we're talking about a TCU team that's not exactly lighting it up. So, Morton has shown some ability to be able to throw the football down the field, get the ball out quickly, make his reads, go through his progressions, and make plays. I think the key for TCU, and Joe Gillespie has not shown um, a lot of interest in doing this, at least as, you know, the identity of his defense. But you need to bring pressure this week. Like this Tech offensive line is where you can um, really make waves and make things happen. They're not great at, at pass blocking up front. Um, and so you, you got to pressure the quarterback. You have to force them into throwing situations, stop the run, which is something they did a horrible job of last week, um, and, and try to get Morton out of the pocket and force him to make difficult throws against a secondary that I think can hold their own when there's a good pass rush and when the defense is functioning as it should, and so is going to have to do that on Thursday night to come out and find a way uh, to get a victory. You know, this was a tech team that played them really tough last season. Um, now big part of that was they had Tyree Wilson on defense and he just wrecked shop against that TCU offense, especially in the first half of that ball game. And this tech defense has been pretty solid for the most part. Um, and so another three and five, I think there's some talent here though. It, it kind of feels like TCU and that there's a lot of reasons why you think Texas tech should be successful but it hasn't come together fully for them. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback situation and them not being healthy. But part of that goes back to the tech O-line, which has really struggled to keep their quarterbacks upright. And so um, I think that's going to be a huge key to this football game. And can you get out to an early, early lead? Because you saw the difference between the BYU game and the Kansas state game with Josh Hoover and how comfortable he was playing with the lead and um, as opposed to getting behind early especially on the road like that and uh and then things spiraled out of control and got out of hand really quickly so significant game for TCU not only from a postseason standpoint but also just from you know making a bowl game continuing to build momentum uh in recruiting and keeping that advantage over Texas Tech they've had the last few years because they continue to find ways to win this ball game. When we come back, um, some of you had thoughts about our discussion last week about you know Kansas State Scooper BB who alleged that TCU quit in that ball game. We'll talk about that next. It's locked on Horn Frogs, your team every day. First, I want to talk about Athletic Brewing Company, Um, athleticbrewing.com, Athletic Brewing Company. They have changed the game when it comes to the non alcoholic beverage space. Uh, they have delicious non alcoholic beer that tastes really good. It's full flavored, well crafted um they're great tasting and award winning brews that beat out full strength beers in global competitions 50 styles of craft including IPAs, golden sours and more and it's fit for all times you know you can drink it whenever whether you're working around the house um doing some things in the yard hanging out watching TV at your you know kids soccer game or whatever the case may be you can feel comfortable enjoying athletic brewing company and what they put together um you can find Athletic Brewing Company's beverages at stores near you, or you can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First time customer, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off. And again, that's Athletic Brewing Company, or excuse me, AthleticBrewing.com is website. AthleticBrewing.com, 15% off your first order. If you use that promo code LOCKEDON, Athletic Brewing Company is sponsor here of the On Network. So one reason I really like throwing things out to you guys, and whether it be you responding to me on in the YouTube comments or on Twitter, is because I never know how people are going to react. Like I had a lot of folks that were telling me late last week, so if you missed it, on, on Friday's show, uh, Cooper Beebe, who's an offensive lineman for Kansas State, he was discussing um, in a media session that game against TCU, and he alleged that TCU basically quit. He said, you know, they looked up at one point Frogs are losing about 30 points, and the defensive linemen are standing there and they're laughing, and they're kind of joking around. Uh, And he said there's no better feeling in football than making someone quit or feeling like you're able to just kind of break somebody's will and make them quit. And so, obviously, it set off a firestorm kind of online. TCU fans are frustrated. They want answers, and they're not happy, so they don't want the team to be content with what's going on. Um, and so I talked about it, right? And I was like, listen, I typically I would kind of write something like this off, but I think there might be some merit to it because you look at this team, it doesn't feel like they're giving maximum effort week in and week out. It looks like a team that's really struggling to get up for games. That's not, you know, going at it full speed and it showed up in that football game on Saturday. But, uh, some of you disagree with me and I appreciate the feedback that you gave. Uh, A lot of you are also – my son Sawyer, he was dealing with RSV. We were in the hospital for a few days. We're back now, though. Thank you guys for praying. Many of you mentioned that. I really appreciate you uh, lifting him up in prayer. and Praise the Lord that he's back healthy and that he's doing well. Um, Let's see. Michael Andrews said, If anyone was in a position to tell if a team quit or not, it would be the opposing team's offensive lineman. He feels like that comment is consistent with what we saw on the field. And the final score. I mean, it's hard to argue with what happened on Saturday. Like, I don't think this team has necessarily mailed in the rest of the season and thrown in the towel for the whole year. Um, But they got behind against K-State, and it didn't look like there was a lot of resistance after they got down early 14 to nothing. And K-State's a good team. They went and bludgeoned Houston. Um, I think they won that game 41 to nothing on Saturday. And they might go on and end up in Arlington. I mean, I thought after losing to Mizzou and Oklahoma State, I felt like the Wildcats were kind of done. But Oklahoma State has has figured something out. Ollie Gordon's running the ball uh, really well for them. Mike Gundy has that team playing well. And so now, like, that loss for them looks more like, okay, that was just a tough loss to a good team on the road and not, you know, uh, you blew a tire in in Stillwater and didn't come away with a victory because they just – run the table since then you took care of tech they figured out avery johnson could be someone who could play for them and then just boat race tcu and houston in back-to-back weeks um jacob langford said he thinks the story's been overplayed he says seems like all the tcu folks are running with this nonsense from some k-state offensive linemen to seeing our meetings and huddles all because he saw someone laughing he thinks that happens in every sport Um, he went on to give an example of, of seeing tiger woods laugh when he's having a, a bad a bad round and he he hopes the week off serves the team well and they come back in full force in love next week um yeah i mean i think how they respond is going to be huge like if they come out and respond well against Texas tech then i feel like that'll answer some questions it doesn't mean suddenly they're a great football team but it at least means that they found a way to kind of get off the mat and dust themselves off and go win the tough environment on the road and i think i mean jacob you could totally be right like yeah, this is, this is his perspective on it, and, you know, to a certain extent, maybe it is human nature to look up at the scoreboard and be like, man, we're getting beat tonight, and kind of laugh about it or whatever was said. I don't know what the context of it was, um, but it was a small snapshot of what's going on. It's, it's obviously, though, a bad look when your team's struggling. When you have a coach in Sonny Dykes who is publicly and openly questioned the team's effort and mentality at times this year – and then you know this happens, which sort of backs up a lot of the things that we've seen so far this season. Um, Kevin Bell says human nature, especially for college kids, not acceptable. But late in the game, when you're down huge, and you know you have no hope, this could happen, especially on a team struggling for leadership. And maybe that was it. Maybe it was just a simple one-off, like hey, it was a moment in time. Um, it wasn't a big picture, you know, game-changing. Sp- uh, picture of what the culture is on this football team. Um, but obviously it set off a firestorm of uh, talk about it. And, you know, rightly so. I mean, it was, it's pretty big to say that a team just kind of openly gave up. Um, and it's – at the end of the day, it's kind of his word against, you know, against the TCU team, which I haven't seen anybody really talk about it. And I don't expect them to get asked about it. Um, before the Texas Tech game. And Richard Berry said, whether or not the team quit is debatable. You figure BYU uh, quit the week prior if you're looking for that kind of headline. He just thinks the team's lack of leadership is the biggest weakness. Maybe they'll join the ranks of Texas A&M with good players and bad results if Sonny doesn't turn it around. And where is Sonny's influence on the offense? Yeah, all good questions. I mean, I think first of all, to your point about lack of leadership, um, it's something that Sonny Dykes has talked about from a, a player's perspective. It just doesn't seem like it's there for this team um, this season, which is really unfortunate. And, you know, you think about everything they did well last year uh, in that space, the ability that those guys had to rally and get their teammates to be held accountable and play at a high level, that's just not there this season. And as far as Sonny's influence on the offense, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's very hands-on with it, Um, which I, I get why people are frustrated about that. But I think that's been his M.O. ever since his Cal stop, that he he kind of lets his offense coordinator do his thing. Uh, and so I feel like the offense is obviously struggling. Some of that's execution. I think a lot of it also falls on Kendall Bryles. And I don't know how Sunny's going to evaluate him at the end of this year. I mean, obviously there's some extenuating circumstances that are going on. You lose your quarterback. Um, you have an offensive line that I don't know what – I don't know how they – evaluated that offensive line before the season. Publicly, they were saying positive things about the group, but they haven't been as good as as I thought they could be. And so that's hamstrung a lot of things that you can do offensively. Um, But overall, it's not working. And as the OC, like even with the different limitations that your offense has, like it's his job to figure out how to overcome that. And I think Sonny has to be part of that too. But it feels like Sonny has taken, you know, more of a, all right, I'm going to be more of a CEO allow coaches to do their jobs and I'll, I'll be a sounding board. I'll be, you know, someone who can jump in at times with suggestions, but I'm not going to be meddling in the, uh, the business of the offensive defense every week. And maybe you should, maybe you should do that more, um, you know, because it, it's not working. And he's an offensive mind. He's an offensive coach. That's his background. Maybe there's some things that he could bring to the table that would really help. Um, but it doesn't appear like he's super involved right now. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about some um, baseball and basketball notes. We'll go to some other sports in segment three. It's Lockdown Horn Frog your team every day. Prize picks. If you are interested in wanting to play Daily Fantasy, if you're like, man, I've never done this before, prize picks is the place to go. Prizepicks.com slash on College. They have a really cool deal going on right now. I'll tell you in a minute about uh, their deposit match. Um, but it's really simple. You just go to the prize picks app, and it, it's as simple as like picking over unders on different players and their stats. CeeDee Lamb had a big day yesterday. So if you going into Sunday, you're like, man, I think CeeDee's going to break out. Him and Mike McCarthy seem to be, you know, kind of having some issues. CeeDee was expressing frustration. He's going to have a big breakout game. You could have bet over under 100 yards for C.D. Lamb. She went over, you would have hit on that bet. They have all kinds of special deals going on every week, like Taco Tuesday. Um, each Tuesday, prize picks, discount select player projections for up to 25% off to provide even more value. Uh, do you think Odell Beckham's going to have a big week? Could he go over 50 yards? Will Josh Allen throw more than two passing touchdowns? We've got a Monday night game tonight, but then going into next week, starting on Thursday, get ready with prize picks. Uh, Prizepicks.com slash college. If you go to that website and use the promo code locked on College. You can get a first deposit match up to $100. So they'll match that first deposit up to $100. That's free money that you can play with. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college. Promo code is Lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks. If your fantasy team is um, struggling, like your, your all-season fantasy team, you're like, I, I, I have some injuries. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I, I'm not gonna be able to figure this out. Why don't you get on the daily fantasy uh, at prize picks and start making money today? Prizepicks.com slash lockdown college, and that promo code lockdown college will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So, TCU basketball had a secret scrimmage, secret scrimmages in quotes, because these, I mean, they, they are, they're supposed to be like closed door scrimmages, but now, nowadays, like this information. Tends to leak out and, uh, and get out. And um, they supposedly won this game against Alabama. Uh, and they won it 85 to 81, um, 42 points in the first half, 43 points in the second half. Uh, got a lot of minutes from a lot of different guys. And Emmanuel Miller had 14 points. He was 3 12 shooting, though. Jameer Nelson Jr., 25 points in the day. Uh, Trey Tennyson had 14. Jacoby Coles had 18. Um, Ernest Uday only had two points on the day. I did see that he had a big dunk, though, and had a few blocks. A lot of guys coming off the bench. But overall, really nice effort by TCU basketball. Now, I will say last year um, they beat Alabama supposedly in a secret scrimmage like this, and I think won the game more handedly. And so it's not the end-all be-all, but it's encouraging that they played well. Against uh, what's been a really good team in the Crimson Tide for the last few years, um, the thing that stood out to me, you know, Mike Miles was so good for such a long time for this TCU team. And even if he wasn't scoring at a high clip every single game, just the way that he, uh, the way that he drew attention from the defense, made everybody's job easier. And so I think that's going to be such a huge role. That has to be filled now, and you're counting on Jameer Nelson Jr. to come over from Delaware as a transfer and do that. So the fact that he led the team in scoring and was really efficient and had a big day, that's really encouraging. I've also heard really good things about Micah Peavy this off season. and you know Micah's a guy that's been around for a while now. He's he hasn't been a great scorer, but he's been an outstanding defender, and he is someone that can finish around the rim. If his shot has more consistency, like if he becomes somebody that can be a knockdown shooter, even if it's just from the mid-range and not necessarily from three, even though if he can find a way to shoot from three, then we could be talking about Micah as an NBA guy one day because he he's so good at defending, you know, on the perimeter, using his athleticism uh, to give people fits. But if he can become a better shooter and more of an offensive threat, then the sky is really the limit for him because his athleticism is great. Again, he does such a great job on the defense side of the floor. Um and so I'd love to see him take a step up. He didn't play in the scrimmage, a little banged up with a hand injury, I believe, uh, but he's working his way back. You know, Uday is going to be the big guy in the middle. Hopefully he can give you huge minutes. Jacoby Coles became a, a much better score and a much better player as the year went on, and you'd love to see more from him. Emmanuel Miller, I'm not worried about him. I think, you know, he's going to be consistent like he always has been. Um, and then we'll see who else can step up and give them uh, some some quality minutes. Trace Sennison is supposedly a great shooter. They need more shooting, especially from the outside. You know, Chuck O'Bannon, hopefully he can get more consistent hitting threes again this year. Uh, I think this is going to be a good basketball team, and I'm excited about what Jamie Dixon is trying to build and what he's trying to do with that program. On the baseball side, um, they're they supposed to have a scrimmage at home, but it got canceled because of weather. They did beat Texas State last week in a fall scrimmage. Uh, Peyton Toll, who is uh, the big two-way transfer, like he's, he's going to hit in the middle of the lineup. He also pitched for Wichita State the last few seasons. Uh, I know he's been hitting it out. I've, I've heard good things about Curtis Byrne. Um, and one thing to remember about Curtis, like he was injured. He had a back injury, which, you know, affected his ability to run um, and play catcher at the end of the season. But he was really solid as a DH last season. And so I think if he can – Hit the ball well, especially towards the end of the year. He was driving the ball all over the place. Um, He's going to be a solid player in that lineup for them, whether he ends up catching or playing at DH. Of course, you got Carson Bowen coming back, Anthony Silva coming back. Um, Those guys are going to be great. Cole Klecker, I I would imagine, is going to be your Friday night starter, and he was fantastic last year. Uh, We'll see where Luis Rodriguez is coming back from injury, but a lot of things to be excited about on the baseball and basketball front. We'll cover that extensively as well. This is the Lockdown Horned Frogs. We'll be back tomorrow. Tech Week, uh, game on Thursday nights. So we'll have plenty of coverage of that coming up. It's your team every day.